opening night for the Spiders, Saturday, September 2nd at Robbins Stadium, 6 o'clock against Morgan State. We'll have the coverage for you beginning at 5.30 here on 106.1 ESPN. Let's talk some baseball, though. We are in the heart of the baseball season, and the pennant races are heating up, and no team is hotter right now than the Baltimore Orioles. So let's talk some O's baseball with our good friend Steve Molesky from NassenSports.com, from WBAL, from their postgame show, and I'm sure he's having a great time covering this team this year. Hello, my friend. How are you, Steve? Bob, it sure beats 115 losses. <laughs> Yeah. So so let me just ask you a generic question. Like in the last segment, I rattled off all the stats that you've had in your uh, massinsports.com updates and on the air and all of that, all of the great numbers that they have had of late, the series wins over the Yankees and the Blue Jays and the sweep of the Mets. How good is this team, Steve? Well, they seem to be very good because they just see every challenge, meet it and beat it often. And I just look at It's a great year for the AL East, as everybody knows, and the Orioles have been really, really good within that division. I mean, you look at just the last few weeks, Bob, the Rays and the Orioles played four games. The Orioles went three and one. They went to Toronto when the Blue Jays were on a 21-7 winning run, and the Orioles won three or four there. They beat the Yankees two of three in Baltimore when the Yankees had designs on getting back into it. So... Uh, these teams have taken their shots at them, and they've lost. And, I mean, this was a division that, you know, if the Orioles would win one series a month or every two months in the last few years, we'd feel like they did something good. Is this a collection of guys, and by that I pretty much mean the everyday guys, we can certainly talk about the pitching, especially the bullpen, for sure, that, that you expect it to be kind of the, the core of this resurgence of the Orioles, whether it's Santander or Rutschman or Henderson or Mountcastle, that this was the group that was going to lead them to where they are now? Well, what they've done, and it's worked out beautifully, is blended the farm system. Adley comes up, Gunner comes up, Kowser comes up, Westberg, with what I would call young veterans, Hayes, Mullen, Santander, with veterans they brought in who have proven to be not only good on the field, Kyle Gibson, James McCann, but great in the clubhouse. It just blends so beautifully, this group. And it's been that way since day one, and it was that way last year. And so going into the season, Bob, after they won 31 games more last year than the year before, Mm -hmm. a lot of people said teams that do that take a step back. And I heard it so much that people sort of had me convinced (laughs) <laughs> and even in spring training, everywhere I looked, I liked what I saw, and I said, yeah, but everybody keeps telling us they're going to take a step back and maybe go 83 to 78 and then get to 90-some. But this team didn't. They just kept marching forward, and they're currently on a 100-win pace, which seems amazing <laughs> considering from where they came a couple of years ago. Do you think the players heard any of that, or do you think they were oblivious to all that kind of chatter? I think they were kind of oblivious to it. They don't. They never seem to revel in predictions they won't do well, or it doesn't seem to motivate them if you say, well, yeah, but some national guys say that wait till the Rays get to town or something like that. They just keep going, and they've done a great job, and, and you know this in the sport of baseball, um, uh, within, uh, more than any sport, you've got to be day-to-day, man, and you can't get 
if you stink on Tuesday night, you can't let it beat you Wednesday night. They've just done a great job of that. Um, taking, you know, going day to day, putting, you know, they had a terrible loss in Toronto where they gave a game away and they just brushed it off and went on and won the next day. And um, they just seemed driven to just go at it every day, not look too far down the road. Brandon Hyde, every, he's been asked a hundred times now about them being good. And he always says, first, first line out of his, of his answer is long way to go. You know, he just always <laughs> says that. He's just not taking any bows yet because they haven't won anything yet. And so I think all of that's serving them well right now. So what's the temperature of the fan base? Uh, and you probably know it better than anybody else because you interact with them on your postgame shows. Uh, how caught up in this is the fan base? How still cautious is this fan base? I think in the last couple of weeks with this latest run, they've gone from we're a little bit excited, this is looking good, to we're fully excited now. This looks really good. They're beating good teams. They have the best record in the league. Uh, I think they've just jumped all in. The crowds are picking up. Everywhere I go around Baltimore, someone will stop me, talk about the Orioles, and tell me this is the most fun season they've had in years. And it's a, They're just riding a wave right now that – it's impressive, and it, and it even goes down to the farm. I spent some time in Bowie recently where they get Jackson Holiday getting four mm-hmm. hits a night, you know, and they just have more coming. And the, the chemistry, it just seems too good to be true. It really does because uh, it's, it's a, the chemistry they have in Baltimore they have on the farm. They just have done a great job of getting some great kids who blend well together right now. And, you know, we all want to pinch ourselves to say, is it real? And we do, and it hurts, so we know it's real. <laughs> So if that, <laughs> take care of that hurt. If, if there was so if there was a pinch and it hurt because there was still an area of concern as you head and and all due respect to Brandon Hyde, there aren't that many games left compared to a hundred and sixty two game season. As you come down the stretch and get ready for postseason play, that the Orioles need to kind of shore up a little bit. I I think one of their big concerns right now is the pitching staff, and it's not how well they're pitching because they're, they're hitting their stride. Their ERA is now as low as it's been, team ERA, since late May, and the ERA in the last 28 games, their 21-7, is like 3.2. But the concern is the innings totals for the year. For instance, Grayson Rodriguez last year, because he got injured, pitched 75 innings. And this year, counting the minors, he's at 109 now. Uh, so he's a plus 20, what is that, plus 34, and it's early August. So where is that going to take him? He's pitching great, by the way, since they brought him back. And, you know, they have other young pitchers, Bradish and Kramer, who have innings issues. The late-inning relievers, they're concerned about their workload, Cano and Bautista. So they're trying to nurse this whole thing through. They think the addition of Flaherty will be big. That will help that. But I think – that's what Oriole fans are wondering. The staff looks good now, but two months from now, when they'll hopefully be playing the biggest games of the year, what situation will it look like? Hey, you mentioned uh, you mentioned Flaherty. I'm glad you brought that up. Um, did the Orioles do right, in your opinion, by the trade deadline? Should they have done more? Obviously, Flaherty gave them a, a great game in his first time in, a, in an Oriole uniform. Well, I'm going to believe Mike Elias when he said they had some big things brewing and they just didn't get to the finish line. And I do think Verlander was one. And in the end, I've talked to some people, not necessarily with the Orioles, but around baseball, who believe 
that Verlander really wanted to be with Houston, and he could call the shot there with his trade clause and all that. Mm-hmm. And so he might have been tempted to go to Baltimore or talked into it, but I think he had his heart set on where he ended up, and that impacted that somewhat. I thought they gave up a lot to get clarity, um, but Elias said the prices were just so high this year. Buyer, it was a buyer's market. It was a seller's market. Um, and so you had to give up something to get something. And, and the people were skeptical of that acquisition because his season stats aren't great, but his stats since, like, May have been really good. And that's the pitcher who showed up in Toronto. I was there for that game, and he, he was getting – he got 19 swings and misses. He was getting whiffs on all his pitches. And he seemed to be the veteran pitcher they said he was, and he is. You know, he didn't uh, panic when he was in a big spot. He got key outs. And he seems to fit in very well. So it um, uh, looks like a good addition. He's going to pitch on uh, Wednesday night. Hey, it looks like you'll miss Verlander, though, in the Astro series that, that begins tomorrow. Yes, he, yes he, he will not pitch in that. That's that's too bad. tomorrow, though. Yep, yep, you'll get Valdez tomorrow. Uh, but it's too bad you wouldn't get Verlander. It's too bad you didn't get Verlander because, you know, Steve, he's from our area uh, down know. here from, from Goochland and played at Tucko Little League and Old Dominion. We could have brought a lot of people up there to come uh-huh. root for him. But uh, I, I, I agree with you about him wanting to go back, certainly go back to the Astros. Is there a buzz for that series this week? I mean, this is a midweek, mid-August series, but the defending world champs are coming to town, and obviously you can throw the cliches out there. Oh, this could be a American League championship series preview, all that kind of stuff with the Astros coming in for three? Well, there there is. And uh, the Orioles had some, pitched some of their best games last year against Houston, um, which would go on to win the World Series, as we know. We didn't know it at the time, obviously. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see if some of their young pitchers do well, as they did last year at Minute Maid Park, that series. And, and in September in Baltimore, they I think they won a couple against Houston. And, you know, there's always a, a link here because of Elias and Sig Meidel and Eve Rosenbaum and people – who are with the Orioles' brain trust now who came from Houston. And and I think Orioles fans think and hope Mike Elias took the best of Jeff Luno and left the worst behind. <laughs> and, you know, they're, they're, they're kind of copycatting some of what they did do there. Um, and, it's, and it worked there, and it still is. And it's hoping, hopefully working here now. It looks like it is. Absolutely. Uh, finish it up with Steve Molesky, MassInSports.com, Oriole Radio, talking some Baltimore Oriole baseball. Uh, you've probably said this um, before on your programs, but I heard it for the first time maybe nationally yesterday or the day before that Felix Bautista is a legit Cy Young candidate at this point. Coming out of the bullpen, 30 saves, six wins, ERA under one. Uh, has that been uttered in Birdland? It's starting to be. I mean, there is starting to be some buzz about that. My worry for him in that regard is if Zach Britton couldn't win it a couple years ago mm-hmm. when he had a sub-ERA, sub-1, he had stats as good as, maybe even better than what Batista has now and couldn't win it then. He only, he only finished fourth or fifth, I think. Mm-hmm. It seems hard for a reliever to win it now with the analytics, and now you have a lot of voters who say, I'm just not going to value those 80 innings as much as I value this guy's 180 innings. Hmm. And they put a lot of importance on that. Hmm. So uh, they wouldn't be here without him. The Orioles know that. He's an incredible story, Bob, who a guy who was walking six batters per nine at double A just a couple years ago and looked like he was going to be one, another one of those guys. We've seen a million of them, great arm, but just couldn't you know, harness it. 
but they did harness it, and he's just been nails in the ninth inning. He just doesn't, uh, even when if he blows a save or he has a rough one, he brushes it off, which you would want from your closer. It doesn't linger. He's never looked scared, and he's just got an incredible combination of fastball splitter. And he's got a good slider, too. He just doesn't need to go to it very often. He doesn't need to get to the third pitch, but he's got a good one. Yeah, he's not throwing enough pitches. He needs the third pitch. He's getting about so quickly right. right now for sure. Well, as we started our conversation, my friend, I am very happy for you. Obviously, it's a lot better, a lot more fun for you and the rest of the media to be covering a team uh, that's winning, and you have certainly deserved it after the years that you have been through to get to this point. So I hope you continue to enjoy it the rest of the way, Steve. Uh, thanks, Bob. I am, man. It, it, as you know, I love baseball. You and I love it. We can watch it no matter the records, teams, whatever. We just love the game, love being around it. And I obviously particularly love Oriole baseball growing up here, but to see the resurgence and what it means to Baltimore, you know, that's what I'm happiest about for the people who are in those stands, man. They, they put up with a lot. So this is great. And, uh, let's hopefully we're talking deep into October. Well, how about your team and my team meet in, in late October in the World Series? How about That's a good team. I don't know if I want to see them again. <laughs> that's one of the teams that beat the Orioles and they look good right now. You know what's funny about that? I, I'm watching. This was easy to say because you're right. The Phillies won two out of three from the Orioles. But I was so impressed by Baltimore in that series. Like when that series ended, I'm wiping sweat from my brow. I'm like, that was an unbelievable series. I don't know how the Phillies won two out of three because the Orioles are really good. You know, it's, it's strange. The Orioles' record against the AL is so much better against the NL. Now the Mets sweep helped, and they swept the Marlins. But they lost two of three to Atlanta in May. But that was a great series. The two losses were by one run, one in extra innings. So no matter who they play, Braves, Phillies, Rays, Yankees, uh, the Dodgers beat them, but they had a good series. I mean, they just look like they belong on the field. And there's never been a day this year where you left going, wow, the Orioles just weren't up to that team. And mm-hmm. so um, that's kind of great for them. Yeah, they, they have really been fun to watch, and, and nobody knows that better than you do. Fun to talk about it, Steve. Let's do it again as the regular season uh, winds down and we do get into the postseason. So appreciate it and enjoy the Oriole baseball. All right, Bob. Thanks. There goes Steve Molesky, MassonSports.com, Oriole Radio. He's been covering them for a long time, both as a fan and as a reporter, and uh, does a great job with the coverage no matter what the data may say obviously does a great job with the coverage of the Orioles, and it's got to be more fun right now heck they've won 70 games and as steve said they're they're on a pace for 100 wins this year really remarkable story in the american league all right take a break one more segment we'll finish it up uh, braves baseball coming up later tonight here on on these very airwaves and we appreciate you locking into them as well at 1061 espn